Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Catherine, and I'm currently going through the first book of the Bible, Genesis. Last time we stopped at chapter nine of Genesis, and today I'm going to talk about chapter ten and eleven, verse one to nine. Chapter ten is essentially the genealogy of Noah's descendants, and often referred to as the table of nations. Everyone in the world we see now came from these three sons. And although we don't necessarily look alike, genetically we're all connected from the same origin.、Uh, the significance of this table is that God created the world, and He is the ruler of all the nations on earth. From this list of names and countries, we'll see that many people and、um, places、uh, show up later in the Bible. So please read through the entire list.、Um, doesn't matter how boring it may sound. Okay. Um, the one person I would like to point out、uh, from this table is Nimrod. Um, and from the scripture, he was described as a mighty warrior. In the Bible, very often when people are referred to as great or mighty, etc., often these are not positive comments. Like the great men before the flood, these were pointing to the negative aspects of human pride. So the spirit of Nimrod is human pride manifested in the human world, and it is a sinful、um, nature. And I have done some research into the topic of giants that we saw from、uh, before the flood, and I would like to add a little bit of information before we go into the Tower of Babel. Remember back in chapter six during the flood narrative. We came across the verse: "The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose." I talk about the fact that the fallen angels were the sons of gods,、um, uh, according to the Hebrew Bible. In the original language, it was gods and not God, not the God that we know that created our whole earth. And I believe I have explained it in my previous podcast. Episode. So they had produced offspring called the Nephilims, men of renown and heroes of old, and apparently,、uh, not only they were men of renown, but they were great in stature as well, due to、um, this change in the human DNAs.、Um, there are many excavations of giant skulls and skeletons. And these were suppressed by the media, and they were considered as fake. However, if you really research it, even just on YouTube,、um, you can see that there are huge giant skeletons found around the world. Another source that support supports this view of children from、um, the giants or the children from the fallen angels is from the Book of Enoch.、Uh, it is not one of the biblical canons, and most likely was taken out during. Eighty A.D. by the Jewish Council, or maybe it was taken out、um, during the fourth century by the Roman Empire. Either way, it was taken out in the past. The Book of Enoch provides many details on the fall of、um, the angels, or in the book it was referred to as the Watchers, and due to their desires for the daughters of men. So I'm going to read the、uh, chapter. Chapter seven,、um, from the book of Enoch, and it does 
have a really complete uh, picture as to what happened. Okay, so from chapter seven of from the book of Enoch, it happened after the sons of men had multiplied in those days that daughters were born to them, elegant and beautiful. And when the angels, the sons of heaven, beheld them, they became enamored of them, saying to each other, "Come, let us select for ourselves wives from the progeny of men, and let us beget children." Then their leader Semiaza said to them. I fear that you may perhaps be indisposed to the performance of this enterprise, and that alone shall suffer for so grievous a crime. But they answered him and said, "We all swear, and bind ourselves by mutual excretions, that we will not change our intention, but execute our projected undertaking." Then they swore all together and all bound themselves by mutual excretions. Their whole number was two hundred,、um, who descended upon Ardis, which is the top of Mount Armen. That mountain, therefore, was called Armen because they had sworn upon it and bound themselves by mutual execrations. These are the names of these of their chiefs: Samiaza, who was their leader; Erakabaramio, Akibio, Tamio, Ramio. Daniel, Askio, Sarakniel, Asile, Armors, Betrayal, Enan, Zavabi, Sansavio, Irteo, Tureo, Yomio, Araziel. These were the prefects of the two hundred angels, and the remainder were all with them. Then they took wives, each choosing for himself, whom they began to approach. And with whom they cohabited, teaching them sorcery, incantations, and the dividing of roots and trees. And the women conceived, conceiving brought forth giants, whose stature was each three hundred cubits. These devoured all which the labor of man produced until it became impossible to feed them. When they turned themselves against men in order to devour them. And began to injure birds, beasts, reptiles, and fishes, to eat their flesh one after another, and to drink their blood. Then the earth reproved the unrighteous. <coughs> okay, so、um, this gives a pretty clear picture as to why God had to send the flood to restart the mankind again, and um, um, so the book of Enoch was. In the Bible before it was taken out, and even the Dead Sea Scrolls had the Book of Enoch, and some of the and some of the New Testament writers、um, did know and and did refer to the Book of Enoch in their letters. So、um, I think it's a pretty legitimate evidence.、Um, so let's go back to what we're talking about. So the Enoch here was not the Enoch from the clan of Cain. But descendant of Seth, who had Methuselah as his son, and the and he was the、um, great great grandfather of Abraham, so he walked faithfully with God and did not die. He brought back he was brought back to heaven by God, and these descendants of、um, fallen angels and earthly、um, women were evil in all their thoughts, and that's why the flood was there to restart. The human race and the book of Enoch did talk about it pretty clearly.
So let's go to um, chapter 10, the book of nations. Here we see the spirit of pride and greatness appeared again in the descendants of Ham, namely Nimrod. So Nimrod was a mighty warrior on the earth, and he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. So that is why it said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. And from an earthly standpoint, um, it must have been great to be like Nimrod. To be a great hunter at the time probably equals to a very successful person in our society now. You're able to kill and feed your family. The Bible is actually discouraging against this form of human pride. And sometimes we think this is equivalent to um, we thinking that wealth or status in the world is the best thing that we could have done for ourselves and our children. But uh, I guess it depends on how far you're willing to go to get these uh, the power and status that you crave. Um, many people had to sacrifice too much and to sell their souls to the devil in order to achieve this status of so-called greatness. And is it worth it? I don't think so, but you can judge for yourself. Um, but this theme of pride continues on to the narrative of the Tower of Babel. So the people had common speech and language at the time, and they found a plain in Shinar to build a city and to live there. I believe people have the propensity to want to live together, to aggregate together, and to form a group dwelling. It is, um, it is very normal to feel that way, and plus, probably easier to have neighbors than living in woods by yourself. So at this time, um, they worked together to build this high tower, and the reason was um, they want to have, they they want to build a name for themselves, to make a name for themselves, and so not to be scattered over the surface of the earth. Um, and, you know, you can see it's, um, it's the human pride at work again. Uh, to be men of renown by making a name for ourselves. Continuation from the, uh, the idea of Nimrod and the giants from before. Not only were they trying to honor themselves through the work of their hands, um, men were trying to commit hubris by build, building this tower from which uh, delivers them back into the heaven by force. Um, whenever we try to honor ourselves and not God, our projects tend to fall apart rather quickly. So God saw them, and in verse 5 he said, If as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse the language so they will not understand each other. Pay attention here. God referred to himself as we. The idea of a trinity existed in the Old Testament long before the New Testament. God is three persons in one, and later we see that in other places of the Old Testament well, as well. Uh, so the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and men got what they didn't want. And they stopped building the city. Um, so this is this whole place is called it's called the Tower of Babel, but basically the whole city is considered this whole um, as this whole thing that um, sort of represent people's need to um, to not be a part of um, of the earth and just wanted 
go to um, the heavens by their own power and their own strength. So, um, so God confused their language, and after the confusion of speech, people's talking sounded like barbar. And in Hebrew, Babel sounds similar to the Hebrew word Babel, which means mixed up. So the Tower of Babel is like, if you think about it, it's very much like one of our major cities where people live. And it seems like we always have a tower that stands in the middle of the major cities. Many of our modern day high towers were built as high as possible, reaching to the heavens. And so the idea of the Tower of Babel is very easy for us to relate to. This kind of mentality people had back then was not all that different from what we think or do now. I personally think there is nothing wrong with wanting to find meaning of life, to achieve greatness during your lifetime, but the Tower of Babel taught us that to build a name for ourselves without God can be very dangerous. Uh, like our technolog- technological advances to build artificial intelligence, or even clones can have very devastating results. The Tower of Babel exactly embodies this kind of mentality, and God had to confuse people's languages in order to stop this kind of destructive actions. From this narrative, we can see that people have once again tried to be like God. And I guess in a way, this is people's existential crisis, morphing to physical reality. To find meaning and glory in our short existential life. And God saw the futile effort of man that was easily distracted by changing the speech of man. It is a very clever move by God. Um, we, are, we are significant because we are loved and created by God. Without this relationship, life really has no meaning. Only from God's love and spirit through the salvation of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, we can find everything we do meaningful and can too create Uh, inventions to benefit this earth. I believe from this type of motivation, we can make a better world around us. Otherwise, it is full of distraction, competitions, and evil jealousies. Okay, so this concludes this episode of podcast, and next time we'll journey on to the life of Abraham together. Goodbye!